When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog This is Nicole's Gaze and I Me She's watched the show like a lot of times Who is gonna be chief of surgery? Shana Rhymes wrote the show and it is really, really good. Meredith Gray. Hi, welcome to another episode of Nicole's Gray's Anatomy. I'm so excited that you're listening to this episode, which is all about Lexi Gray, Little Gray. Uh, our guest is Anna Barishnikov, who is an amazing actor and just an all-around very cool and nice person. And she talks about how Lexi Gray was a character who she connected with. And frankly, she stopped watching the show all around. It's all about Lexi. So we talk about Sloan. We talk about all of her romantic partners. It's a really, really fun episode. And I think that if you like Lexi, you're really going to enjoy it. If you have not yet subscribed to Nicole's Gray's Anatomy, you can do so right now as you're listening. I'm almost certain of it, but not 100. I'm like 90 to percent certain that you could do that. I don't know. If you can't, <laughs> let me know. Something's, I think, wrong. Uh, but you can always also find me on Twitter at Silverberg, and you can tweet anything to me about um, the Grey's universe, and uh, we'll discuss it on the show if it is relevant to the epi. Uh, and that's about it. Let's, without further ado, let's just get into the episode. Today, I'm super excited because it is an episode with um, a friend of mine from college who I genuinely never see, but I see her on the screen. And uh, you've seen her in Manchester by the Sea, and you're going to see her in the upcoming Emily Dickinson Apple show. Is it just called Dickinson? Yeah. It's called Dickinson. It's Anna Brishnikov. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. I, it's it's very cool to me that you watch Grey's because it seems like you make a lot of art. <laughs> and I'm not saying that Grey's is an art, but I, it is a different kind of art than the art that you participate in. I honestly believe Grey's to be incredible art. Like, I have no feeling of it being like a guilty pleasure. I think it's like excellent television and I love television. I think so, too. OK, let's get into because I, I have questions about about that in general. But what is your Grey's journey? Yeah. So I was really passionate about the OC yes. in high school. And I feel like via the OC, I learned that I loved to cry watching things. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first experience getting really deeply invested. I mean, I even remember watching it when I was younger and my mom walked into my room and she was like, I don't know that this is healthy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I want you doing this with your time. Because I would just sit there sobbing. Yeah. At Seth Cohen. And then um, and then I feel like I kind of was like, great. I now I now have sobbed at about a lot of people's personal lives. And now I need to like up the ante. And mm. Grey was like a Grey's was kind of a natural step from there. And I think 
I'm pretty sure I was trying to remember this. I'm pretty sure it was my college roommate who got me into Grey's initially. And then I went on like a deep dive in college as you have time to do. Just like I spent hours in my bed consuming it Um, and weeping. Yeah. I feel like so I went. So we're talking about Lexi Gray today. And as I was watching some clips, I Lexi for me just taps into this type of Grey's watching where you're not just crying because you're sad and because there are tragedies, but you're crying just because you have so many emotions. (laughs) You're like, it's so painful to love someone. And it's so painful to want your dad to be like, you know, just like all of these, like Lexi is a character with a lot of, a lot of wants. And I feel like that is a lot of the crying that I've done at Grey's is just a lot of like, it's too much. <laughs> There's so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you started watching in college, did you have how many seasons do you have to catch up on? So I well, so the reason that I actually ended up on Lexi as a choice mm-hmm. was because so I think I was very behind when I started. Yeah. And I went on a kind of deep dive and then it was spoiled for me when I was I think I was at the beginning of season eight and someone told me that she was going to die. Mm. And I found myself unexpectedly like devastated and almost didn't want to watch. And I think I'm pretty sure there's still a chunk of season eight that I've never seen. Um, And then someone told me because I explained that I was really invested in her and Sloan. Um, And then someone told me that there was a big moment that they got back together. So then I like kind of jumped to that. Yeah. And then watched her die and then stopped watching. Okay, so season eight season eight was, was your last my hard finish. But I've watched I've watched season like two through eight a few times. Yeah. I think the end of season eight is a really natural ending point. Uh unless, you know, you just really want to get into some stuff about doctors buying a hospital and doing contracts. That does become a huge plot line in season nine. I have to say, I think, though, your podcast has inspired me to keep going. I I think that... So I have to say, I haven't really rewatched about eight through 11 in a really long time. And as I was looking at some of the clips that you picked for tonight, I was like, I really actually want to go back because... Season eight has some really good plot lines over the course of the season because they're about to interview for their it's not it's not called their boards. I can't remember what it's called when when they're going to get placed in a residency. It's like or their or not or fellowships or whatever, whatever it is to become just, you know, the real doctor forever. Um, And so much of that stuff is so good. I, I really need to go back and watch it. But season season nine is has some genuine fallout from the crash. And then season 10 is Christina's last season, which I think end of season 10 is another like pretty natural stopping point. And then Derek dies in season 11. So, and and then I think that brings us into the current era of Grey's. Like we just finished season 15 and I would say that, I would say like 12 through 15 is kind of a a unit. That's an era. But yeah, I, I think... I think that nine and 10 are good, but I, I say that wistfully because I really haven't watched those in a while. I think part of what happened was Lexi was one of those people that I, ha- I had kind of aso- started associating with my like core with Meredith and Christina. I mm-hmm. like they became and Teddy kind of were like those yeah. were my driving, driving force of what I watched. And then 
And then when she died, I was like, now I'm going to have to care about like Kempner and I don't. Yes. And I just, I like didn't have it in me for some reason to like get to know more people. I totally get that. Who, uh, so you like Teddy? I love Teddy. I love Teddy. I love Teddy And so Teddy's much. back on the show right now. Really? Mm-hmm. See, this is why, this is why, I, yeah. Um, I love Teddy and, and Christina is my favorite and probably yes. the like Meredith Christina relationship is like the reason that the show was so strong for me. Yeah. Um, but actually I love the, I love the Teddy, the early Teddy Christina stuff. Oh yes. Like I was just remembering what's the, I I feel like there was a scene where Teddy's like, she's like a racehorse. You have to push her. She gets bored. Yes. It's, I remember being like, I, this is, I want to be like that. I want someone to speak about me like that. Yes. But in reality, I'm much more of a (laughs) Lexi. Um, I would love to be more of a Christina. But but yeah, so I just think Lexi kind of became one of those people, like just as I felt like she was becoming kind of a deeper character. Yeah, she was gone. I know. I I started having a lot of anger towards Lexi because I felt like her expectations were mer- for Meredith were really unfair and kind of selfish. Yeah. And it was like, I can't believe that she's encroaching. on. I mean, she, I was thinking exactly what the show wanted me to think. Like, this is Meredith's hospital. These are her <laughs> friends. Her younger sister, who she didn't even know existed, can't just like come in here and steal her life. But yeah, she just endears herself so much. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons, I think one of the reasons she was kind of initially... I was into her was at moments and now the longer you live, the more this feels not crazy. But at the time when I was watching it, I was like, all of these people are so traumatized. Like all Mm -hmm. of them have so many bad things that have happened to them. And like not just one, but several. And even the characters that you don't think of as deeply damaged, like Derek or something, you find out like his parent died really young. You know, like everyone has something. And I was always like, is that how life actually always works? And then Lexi was kind of, came in with slightly less baggage. Yeah. And and so I think without even realizing it, I kind of latched onto that because it felt like a kind of welcome break from being like, wow, everyone's always going through yes. it all the time. And Lexi had like a really nice childhood. And right. that's part of what's hard about her existence for Meredith. Right. But then also she's super young and is like a genius and has a photographic memory. Right. But also the like having less baggage also makes her insensitive in certain moments. Yeah. So like being frustrated with her totally makes sense to me. Yeah. I I love Lexi and I I miss her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my friend Lexi Gray. <laughs> um were you before Lexi came on, so Christina and Meredith were kind of like your people? Just their friendship. I felt like it was one of the first shows that like the depth of their friendship was treated with as much gravity as Mm -hmm. the romantic relationships. And that's definitely been true in my life. Like I've always had these very intense friendships where we have like as, as a kid, even I remember having the kind of fights with my friends that I felt like I had a breakup like that. And that kind of their relationship has that intense kind of longevity to it. Um, so yeah, I just think something about that and then something about the the kind of togetherness of the whole environment of the mm-hmm. hospital. Like I think especially in coming into it, 
I loved the OC because they were all at school together, right? And yeah. I was like, that's my life and everything in my life is so dramatic and so important and we're all in the same building every day. And like, <laughs> I love when that is true and I still like when that's true. Yeah. I mean, like, thankfully, thankfully, I don't like crave dramatic situations in my work life and have found that to be not fun. Um, <laughs> but I love, but it, it creates such good, uh, it just creates such good stories and and that's kind of, I still secretly love that feeling like when it's raining, you're all having a bad day and you're all having it together and you're like passing each other in the hall. I don't know, just being in the same place. (laughs) I just love. And so, and Grey's was just like a really natural, it it was just like a perfect setting for that. Yeah. I, that's such an interesting, talking about it like it's a school is so correct (laughs) because it is it's like they are passing each other and and there's competition in a way that not all workplace like comedies or dramas have competition between every single character like there are rivalries but it's like in grace everyone wants to be the chief or everyone wants to be chief resident or you know yeah and also there's real like there's power structures that almost feel like junior, senior, freshman. Yes. Because like the interns, the this, the this, it like creates obvious parallels where you're like, well, that senior person talked to me, but it's, you know, an attending. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I love that. I, I think it, I've seen some conversations about how the bosses being dating like their employees, like would, is that actually okay? And, and, and stuff like that. And it, I'm kind of grateful that that was never really brought into question when you're watching it, because some of the relationships do feel more um, appropriate given the power dynamics than others. Like I do think that Burke and Christina, there is some weird stuff there. Whereas like, you know, Meredith says, and I got to agree when Meredith and Derek met each other, they didn't know what the power dynamic was. And I do think that kind of, makes a difference even though Bailey did say that she doesn't care <laughs> and I do tend to side with Bailey on, I uh, always side with Bailey I actually can't believe I didn't list Bailey as one of my favorite characters she's yes. far and beyond one of my favorite characters she yeah she's she's incredible um I'm glad that they didn't put her on the plane is what I was just <laughs> thinking like I don't want to see her in that type of a situation already what she goes through during the shooting is like so awful to have to witness so bad. Are there any characters that you don't like? I think there are characters that I just feel less invested in. I mm-hmm. mean, part, I think part of what I love about the show is I actually like so many of the characters. I also love Callie. I also love yeah. Arizona. Um, I guess kind of as a rule, most of the men are less interesting to yeah. me on the show. And I don't say that as like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I genuinely just feel like for whatever reason, I mean, actually Karev, Karev, I had a soft spot for, for a long time. I was recently remembering the episode when he nursed the preemie yes, to life to on the his skin, bare chest. The skin. And uh, I was invested in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but for the most part, like I, it's, it's kind of classic, but like Owen is less interesting to me. Yes. Um, George, Mm-hmm. George never fully did it for me, but they always felt like important to the journeys of the women. And so I cared yeah. for that reason. That's, that's a good, that's a good way to put it, <laughs> that they were 
important for the women's journey. Like I really felt that in the shooter episode. Yeah. Because I remember feeling like, I was like, it's not that Derek getting shot sounds so horrible, but I really don't want to watch Meredith watch Derek get shot. Right. You know what I mean? Like that was always kind of my experience of those characters. Yeah. It, it is interesting how much Derek is just a hot guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, it's really effective. <laughs> like he's a No, he has a good look. He's good at looking. He's at good at looking. People, things, direction, space. Just there's <laughs> there's a good gaze. I do feel like I kind of sometimes I'm watching and I'm like, I feel like I see I know the look you're doing. He's like, I'm turning on that look. Yes. I know that look. Yeah. Hot people fascinate me because it's like <laughs> sometimes because some of it is like some people are hot and they're just hot. And then some people are hot and they have learned how to be hotter. They're like, I'm a hot person naturally. But when I do this thing, I become scorching. Right. And I know that I and then I, I know I can like turn on like this type of like swagger or or um like vibe. Yeah. It's like when you're that legally hot, (laughs) you are like, I'm exercising my rights as a hot person. Absolutely. And And when he does that like smoldering look, it's not natural. He's he's putting it on. But he really has the feel also of someone to me that's been like so handsome. I mean the character too. This like doesn't fit. But someone who's like been handsome since they were a young man. So that's how they operate in the world. Totally. Like that is part of their. That's always been his hair. Yeah. And, and that's the same with Sloan. Be. Yeah. Like Sloan feels legally, clinically hot. Yes. Very aware <laughs> of it. Using it. And has been that way for the majority of his life. So are we aware, kind of bringing this into the real world, of the recent news with Eric Dane's penis? What? So Eric Dane <laughs> is, on, is on that new HBO show Euphoria, which okay. I have not watched yet. But for, you know, people who don't know, Euphoria is this new show, Zendaya's on it. And it is a, a teen show that is dark and sexy. And I, you know that that's true because I am about to talk about Eric Dane's penis. And <laughs> he is on it. And I guess I'm just going to read the headline from the cut. Eric Dane's Euphoria penis was a prosthetic, <laughs> but he was, quote, Willing to do anything. (laughs) So I guess there was just a lot of genitalia on the premiere, which again, I didn't see. And honestly, this is not convincing me to see it, but I do, you know, I love TV. I love, I love to tune in. (laughs) I love nothing more than just to tune in. So we'll see. But apparently there were like a lot of dicks in the premiere and Eric Dane. I mean, this is horrible, but he like has a, consensual as much as consensual can be affair with a high school girl and Eric Dana's like you know he's not you he couldn't have had sex with a high school girl when he was on Grey's and that was 10 years ago so anyway he did full frontal nudity and there are all these quotes about him just being like I was down for whatever so here are the quotes I'm willing to do anything that's critical to the story and crucial to creating a very real and truthful feel to how the story is going to go down. <laughs> I just don't see how you shoot a scene like that without showing nudity. And, you know, it kind of matches the stakes. The stakes are so high. You can't hold anything back, really. And so after some deliberation, he chose to use prosthetics to be more, quote, considerate to scene partner, who is playing a high schooler. And who knows how old she is, but playing a high schooler. 
quote, there was one isolated shot that I suggested, look, if it makes more sense to not use a prosthetic, I'm still willing to go there. At the end of the day, because of the context, we decided the, pro- the prosthetic was the way to go. And we came to that decision as a group. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could say that I've been thinking about this constantly. I love his willingness that he's his, like, he needs you to know that he was willing to show the dick. He's like, wasn't my dick. But you better believe that I was willing and able to show my dick. And I will show my dick for art. And I will show my dick to raise the stakes. <laughs> and like, I will also not show my dick to be considerate. <laughs> I feel like the subtext, there's some subtext of being like, there is nothing wrong with my dick. <laughs> like we did not use a prosthetic to cover anything. Yeah. My dick is normal. And the prosthetic is also normal. So you might be wondering why I would then use a normal prosthetic instead of my normal dick. And I'm really glad you asked. <laughs> it's out of respect for a teenager. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. I don't know. I guess well, I'm just genuinely obsessed with this idea that the guy who plays Sloan is that is talking that much about his dick in real life. Yeah. That feels <laughs> that tracks and I'm comfortable with it because yeah. I like feel like I've heard it before from him. Yeah, absolutely. In any case, that's <laughs> uh, that's kind of what I have to say about Eric Dane today. <laughs> uh, this yeah, this article came out on Monday and genuinely every single day I've just been like, Am I going to watch Euphoria? Like, I I don't think I'm going to today, but maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I I don't even I don't even know what I'm going to do when that scene comes up. Scream! <laughs> I actually, from here on out, I'm only going to use a prosthetic bush out of respect <laughs> out for of everyone. Respect I'm for my with. co-stars. And listen, my bush <laughs> is normal. <laughs> the stakes are high. My bush is. <laughs> Like, what was that thought process? I don't know. But I'm willing. I'm willing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anything for art. Um, (laughs) Which Grey's Anatomy is. And I think I I feel happy because I really think that he would have shown his dick for Grey's if, you know, ABC let him. Honestly, like, thank God Grey's wasn't on HBO. There would have been obscene amounts of nudity if you think about it. I think that's. Or maybe not, thank God. I, that just feels like a fact to me. Yeah. No, I, well, it would have been a different viewing experience. You definitely couldn't watch it on a train. I was thinking about like the sheer fact as an actor recently that they wear scrubs for the majority of their time on that show. I know. It is wild. Very comfortable, I imagine. Very comfortable. But those are definitely like, um, like tailor-made scrubs. Oh, for sure. Like, well, first of all, besides the fact that like there are no scrubs that are small enough to fit Ellen Pompeo, like those had to be. I don't know. They like sewed two dolls scrubs together, <laughs> but they fit them very well and they look really flattering. Totally. Actual scrubs don't look like that. Totally. It just also really eliminates getting information about the character from just what they look like just off the bat. Like mm-hmm. I kind of think about, I feel like with the women, sometimes I think about like the darker lip on Callie all the time. And yes. I'm like, yeah, because this is the one opportunity to be like, She's got, she's like a little something else. Yeah. Because she do, you, you rarely see her in like a leather or whatever the right. kind of costuming choice would ordinarily be. That's such a good point. And that also, I, it occurs to me that that's part of why the show holds up so well. It's why like teens can get into it now and it doesn't feel like a relic because you're yeah. not seeing, I mean, the couple times that you do see people in clothes, it's like Christina in a floor length, orange, red, leather duster and it's wearing uh, two belts over a shirt that's not tucked in you know and it's yeah it's like yeah that that would 
that would stick out. Totally. Especially because it's not even like, it's not even like friends where you're doing it. Like, and I, it's far enough away that you're like, those are some 90s look. These are like early 2000s, yeah. low riding, strange pants, like, <laughs> or like a wrap shirt. You know what I mean? Just yes. Like, oh my gosh. Weird Izzy choices. wears so many like Izzy, wrap shirts. Yes. Izzy wears actually, I feel like you do see her in clothes for some reason. Kind yeah, because of Because she's always like in a kitchen. <laughs> my sister and I were recently talking about her hair in the episodes that she's sleeping with dead Denny. It's like matted with it's sweat. Wild. It's actually <laughs> wild. It's actually really worth going back. And it's like Johnny Bravo. Like they're like they made the decision. They're like they've been having sex upside down for forty eight hours. <laughs> this is the hair. It's wild, wild. I definitely need to go back. I mean, the minute you said it, I was like, yes, I know like what you're talking about. But I need I need to go back and really thread that attention yeah. to detail through. Yeah, I um. I, I do think that hair is the only thing that kind of dates like Callie's bangs too are, are very, you know, yeah. 2007 look. Yeah. Those. I do feel like Ellen Pompeo was kind of ahead of the middle part. Yes. And it feels very fresh. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's how the girls do it now. <laughs> and she's doing that for a lot of the show. Yes. Can I tell you something sort of embarrassing? I went to not, this part isn't embarrassing. I went to an Ariana Grande concert last it's not weekend. Embarrassing that either. part isn't embarrassing. What was embarrassing was how obviously agape I was looking at the style of teenagers. Because, you know, like any self-respecting feminist, I saw Booksmart. And you know what they're wearing in that? Cool clothes that are baggy. They're wearing like big ass jumpsuits Jackets with fringe. You know what real 16-year-olds are wearing? Spaghetti straps. Yeah. Those are back. Yeah. Well, okay. So I had a very similar experience. I went to um, a climate change march with like the New York City public schools. I honestly think it's amazing that you think that that's a similar experience to an Ariana Grande concert. Listen. But God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Only in that I very was surrounded. <laughs> only that I was surrounded by teens for yeah. the first time in a long time. And I couldn't believe how like kind of like deep, sexy grunge the looks were. Yes. Like we're talking girls with like high-waisted Calvin Klein underpants and then like low, big pants and then like a tiny spaghetti strap tank top and like yes. a big flannel over it. It's nuts. And I was like, wow. They all had long hair at the Ariana Grande concert. And I did see one girl holding a ponytail on her way out. So maybe some of it was fake hair. Sure, sure. But I was like, Wow. I just felt like a t I just felt like an old bitch. I was like, my hair is short. I am wearing a jumpsuit and my stomach is in. Jumpsuits are cute. Underneath I looked adorable. <laughs> I looked incredible. I looked amazing. I looked amazing, but I'm twenty eight. And <laughs> and being twenty eight, I was I felt genuine I've never felt older in my entire life. And I I was thinking as I was there, like a lot of these girls watch Grey's because also Ariana is a big Grey's Anatomy fan. Um, and she loves Ellen Pompeo. And a lot of Ariana fans just watch everything that she watches. They love right. everything that she loves. And I was like, these girls probably, they don't, they don't realize how much they're actually dressing, like how people were dressing my age in 2005 when the show premiered. Like something is something deeply 
like sinister has happened and spaghetti straps are back. It's come back around. It's tough. But I feel like I remember I went to in middle school. I went to school in tights that I like cut off the feet. So they were like oh, at yeah. my calf and then like that. a jean skirt over it. And then a shirt that I had cut the neck out of and kind so of a pulled on my sh- shoulders. Yeah. And my mom was like, this is an 80s nightmare. And I just remember looking at her and being like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I look cool. I don't know what you're talking about. This is my look. <laughs> and I'm sure they just don't care. Yeah, they just, yeah. But it does feel shocking. Like at, at that same Ariana Grande concert slash climate change march, oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. boys were also wearing baggy overalls. Which to me is like straight out of like Boy Meets World. Like yeah. I couldn't believe like the cool boys were wearing these huge overalls with bucket hats. I was like, <laughs> what? Every guy that went to my high school wore like a, a Jets shirt. I don't know. I just was like, my mind was blown away. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but like apparently the statistic is that one million people stream the grades pilot every month on Netflix. Wow. And it's like there are new generations of Grace fans being born every day. It's like 14-year-olds are, it's are starting the journey. It's timeless. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is timeless. Okay, so you have um, a few clips. I I just have two. I have two humble clips. (laughs) But I honestly, some of these clips that you chose are exactly what I would have chosen, but not this first one. I totally had forgotten about this. This one where she gets into bed with Mark. Do you want to set it up? Yeah. So I feel like this was, I think when I realized I loved the little gray, it was when she went rogue um, and started doing surgeries with the interns oh, yeah. like, behind everyone's like back. Like the secret, like where they were like stitching each other yeah. up. So she like went a little rogue and that was when I was first interested in her. And then the second time that I was like, oh, this person I actually adore was because her and Mark had started doing it. Yeah. And she broke his dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She broke his dick. She literally fully broke his dick. She fully broke his dick. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously difficult for him because as we talked about at great length, his dick is very important. <laughs> Method acting. Yeah. Um, and, and basically, I don't know. I, I think I expected it to have a really kind of comedic button. And then it was this moment. Okay. Hey. Please go away. No. Little gray. It's not little gray. It's Lexi. And I'm sorry that I I broke. I'm sorry that I hurt you. And I'm sorry that you're humiliated. But I'm I'm not going anywhere. I, I've got a friend who is guarding the door, a good friend. And since no one is going to be coming in, I'm, I'm, I'm now going to climb into bed with you and I'm going to stroke your hair because that's what I like to have done for me when I'm hurt. And then she does it. I know. It's, I totally forgot that moment. It's very and then tender. It is very tender. I like her so much. <laughs> you know what I was going to say, though? I really like her mom. Like, 
I love how you get to know her mom on the show, too. And it's like, oh, yeah, that is who would have raised Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. I think like there's something really nice about her that like we were saying before her. She has her desires are so at the surface. Yes. And and however she was raised or or um, kind of her nature, she's so kind of able to express that. Mm -hmm. And I always find that, I mean, even with friends in my life, when people are able to do that, I just find it kind of unique and really special also I know as an actor this is probably like the last thing I would want someone to talk at length but I just love her face yes I just <laughs> love her face I love her face too I love her face I love her hair I love her hair yeah I love her hair we should honestly at some point talk about the whole blonde situation I would actually genuinely love to talk about the whole blonde situation because I um have talked about this at length on the podcast I think I'm definitely talking about it at length in my life, but I have a color appointment on July 2nd <laughs> and I'm thinking about doing something truly drastic. And Lexi Gray did come to mind where I was like, she, she did something drastic. You're going blonde, baby? I don't know if I'm going to go fully blonde, but I mean, okay, sometimes people in the reviews of this podcast are like, sometimes they go on tangents, but it's fun. This one won't be. <laughs> I, I have gotten highlights or like, balayage before mm. and I've just felt like I look less like myself like yes. when my hair is like my color but just a little different I look in the mirror and I'm like that's not me I have gotten like blue and pink and like purple in my hair and then it's like well yeah that's me with with blue or pink or purple in my hair so I'm I'm toying with this idea that instead of just like doing me but a little different I do something truly drastic and and kind of see how that feels I think you should go for it okay thank if you anything for the experience I yeah. had a theater teacher in high school be like it's healthy to change your hair and I feel like she like zeroed in on me because I was very precious about my like long hair at that age <laughs> and I was like I don't know what you expect me to do you had to dye your hair for I did I had to dye it like dark red okay yeah what was that for? last year um that was for an independent film called Josie and Jack um, but I truly, and, and it was, and even, that was your first time dying. That hair? was my first time dying my hair ever in my life. And dark red, that's dark like a, red. Okay. And it really was pitched to me as like a strawberry blonde and it came out full, like Addison dark red, wow. which felt wild, wild. But honestly, actually in the end, I do think it was mentally a kind of good thing that you, that even though I looked at myself and I was like, I truly don't know who that person is. <laughs> I was still me. <laughs> That's but I beautiful. do. I love. I do love Lexi's hair and face. I mean, something about something about her face is like you can like the emotions break so clearly. Yes. So in moments like that, you really feel like you're with her. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I don't know. I really loved the whole her breaking his dick thing because it kind of felt like a precursor to be like the, be like this is the woman that is going to like break his pattern because yes. there was just something different. And the difference was she broke his dick, <laughs> no, but, but she really kind of like, it, it's, it's so cheesy, but she kind of like the thing that is his defining quality. Yes. She it's symbolic. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I really, I really also like the part where she just says, I'm sorry. I'm, you're embarrassed or because that, yeah, it would be really humiliating, humiliating. You're also at your workplace, which honestly, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I love the whole situation it creates where Callie is the only person who knows. And yeah. then like, um, and I also, I love Callie and Sloan's whole relationship. So, and that was just like a really funny bit. I also just think, I mean, we can talk about this in, in other, um, 
clips, but I also just think the kind of comedic balance sits really nicely on yeah. a one Kyler Lee. Yeah. Um, I love I love her. She just has so many like micro expressions and it makes her comedic performances just feel very genuine. Like yeah, she's not so playing the joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, this next this next scene is super funny. And it's it's like a Christina Lexi moment with the diaper and surgery. Love it. I love it. Well, it's okay. So it starts with this moment where they're they're doing this um this really long spinal surgery on a guy who works at the hospital. It's like the secret surgery that Derek is doing behind the chief's back. And Jackson is going to be like, you know, first mate of surgery. I'm not going to think first about what mate. else it's called. It's, aye, aye. Yeah, aye, aye, Captain Derek Shepard. <laughs> and Lexi is like feeling competitive and she's feeling confident. She's like, I'm going to do it. And and it, you're going to get tired. And at a certain point, I'm going to step in. And Jackson has this really like snarky thing. He's like, actually, I don't get tired. I don't take breaks. And part of that is because I know to stop taking fluids hours before a long surgery. So I don't need to take a pee break. And she's like slurping something in the middle of him saying that. And that's when she makes the decision to wear a diaper. To wear that diaper. Um, and she gets caught by Christina immediately. And that's what this scene is. <laughs> in a way, die. Mary, I'll call you back. Is that what I think it is? What? No. 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 Give me. No. A diaper? It's for the surgery. Please don't tell anybody about this. That's genius. You never have to leave the OR. You can hydrate all you want. You're mocking me. Fine. Whatever. It's not like I was going to use it anyway. Of course you are. This is the definition of hardcore. You're like an astronaut. This is surgery NASA style. Put it on right now. I'll guard the door. <laughs> and then she's walking with her lumpy butt. <laughs> so excited. Her lumpy diaper butt. Ugh. And then when like Jackson catches her, instead of being embarrassed, she's like, I'm wearing a diaper because I'm serious about surgery and this is America. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that part. Wait, I should find that part too because it is... Oh, that wasn't me being like, you have to No, no, I but forgot. I totally forgot about that part because his hand starts cramping at it's, a certain point. It's something... I can't remember exactly how he catches her in the diaper. Yeah, there's something that happens. Um, and then also... <laughs> like Owen arranges for for um Christina to be able to do a surgery in a diaper because like she's so jealous. And then they like walk down the hall together in diapers. Oh yeah. And they're diapies. In the diapies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. I can't I can't find this moment where she says something, but I think it might be this and I'm going and I'm just guessing based off of visual cues and oh, wow. honestly I could be wrong. Isaac wants us to take the risk. He wants a cure. Let me see. And it's our job to try. See you in the arm. This is bad. This is really, really bad. Are you kidding? No one at Mercy West was this badass. This isn't badass. This, this is. You saw him yesterday. He was spinning himself in in circles, mumbling like some crazy psych patient, and he was mean. Well, he's your psych patient now. Deal with it, diaper genie. Hey, I wore a diaper yesterday. Yes. 
And I will wear one today. If it helps get Dr. Shepard through this surgery, I will wear a diaper. My diaper is awesome. My diaper is hardcore. <laughs> you wish you had the balls to wear my diaper. I'm gonna wear it, and I'm gonna wear it with pride. And if I have to pee in it, oh, I'll pee. <laughs> because I am a surgeon. This is America, and I will do what needs to be done. So you can kiss my hardcore diaper-wearing ass. Welcome to oh, and Lexi. And you know what's really inspirational? They end up having sex. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And that is foreplay. That's the long game of the diaper. And I love that just kind of like talking about like peeing in a diaper in front of an extremely hot guy is a way for them to be like, and I would fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know. Mm. And here I you love... talk about peeing in this diaper. That's doing something for me. I love the diaper. I love the whole thing about the diaper. <laughs> I love everything about the diaper. Me too. Because it also is like, it, it's one of those writing moments for me where it's like, it's totally in line with who Lexi is, but it's not what you would have expected. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a cool departure. Where I, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that is so her. Yeah. That she's like. I really love Christina Lexi moments because yes. part of what, the purpose or not the purpose, but something that Lexi does on the show for me is like she shows a very different version of ambition, mm -hmm. right? Like I feel like when the show and Arizona kind of does this for me too, yeah. I feel like, but they're kind of, she's like a really true foil to kind of Christina's kind of affect towards, toward, or just like how, how ambition like sits on her. Um, but that they, so I feel like there are these little moments between the two of them where, where kind of Christina's like urging Lexi to take herself seriously. And she's like, no, I'm so serious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's true. It's just, she's, it's, it's all these like little unexpected moments that are kind of badass. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of, of Christina, Lexi. So, yeah. okay. So the two moments that I chose were Lexi Meredith moments like as sisters and I chose one from season four and one from season seven and I don't have this this moment with Christina but it's kind of the setup um Christina and Meredith are going through a a cranky time a dark and twisty time and Lexi is like all up in their business all the time and wants things and is demanding and she comes, she wants to talk to Meredith about something at lunch. And Christina really snaps at her. And she's like, you are the worst thing to ever happen to Meredith. And that is saying something coming from Meredith Gray. <laughs> like, you suck. Um, she doesn't want anything to do with you. And Meredith doesn't, like, defend Lexi at all. She just kind of is, like, like sipping something. And then Lexi goes away. Meredith is in the bathroom yelling at her therapist through the bathroom door, being like, give me my file. My life is fine. And in the middle of this speech being like, I'm not a quitter. My life is fine. I'm, I don't need, why are you implying that I have more work to do in therapy? Lexi storms into the bathroom and says this, which I think is a very good um, kind of indication of where the relationship is at uh, early in Lexi's uh, tenure, so to speak. I don't need therapy. I forgive you. Lexi. No, I forgive you. I forgive you for treating me like crap, and I forgive you for letting your friend treat me like crap. Lexi. I don't know how you get up in the morning. I honestly don't. Our dad abandoned you, and your mom, by all accounts, was the meanest person ever, and you can't let Derek love you, and it all really, really sucks. 
But ever since I knew you existed, I had this fantasy about my big sister. And you have failed on every occasion to live up to that fantasy. But I still love you, whether you are capable of letting me or not. So, I forgive you. Two o'clock work for you? Yeah, okay. If this- <laughs> and she goes to therapy. And she does. Yeah, I just, that's a very, I love that Lexi moment because it's a very um, unhelpful, aggressive way of rising above, but it's that's very who she is. Yeah. Yeah, I actually feel like she monologues often yes. because she like waits to say something and then mm-hmm. she's like, actually, your experience of this doesn't matter. I need to say what I'm saying yeah. immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think the whole, I, I really like the whole Um, situation that they have of like being parented by such a different version of their father. And I think a lot of people, like I have a, I have a half sister who's 11 years older than me. And it's obviously nothing like the relationship with like Thatcher is a whole complicated character, but even just sometimes hearing stories about the kind of parent that my dad was years before he parented me. I was like, Oh, that's a different person. That's like a different time in their life. And I, I feel like, like those moments between them, it's it's really interesting. That yeah, that is so interesting because it's not just it's not just the circumstance. It's also just like their own life experience and their perspective at that time and what they were up to. Yeah. So that's my first Lexi Meredith clip. The second one is um, early in season seven. So this is post shooting, and something I had kind of forgotten about until reviewing today is that. Lexi has like some pretty serious PTSD from the shooting. She ends up spending time in a psychiatric facility or an inpatient because she has like a meltdown at work, Um, which debatable about how that's portrayed, but whatever. In any case, she comes back and she feels really ostracized and embarrassed and she feels like people are treating her differently. And she notices that like in this time that has passed, suddenly Kepner and Meredith are like, friends and like Kepner had didn't have anywhere to go and her f- best friends like died in the shooting and so she's moved in and she's in Izzy's room and Lexi's in the attic and she's like I'm her sister why am I in the attic and it's like this big thing and there's this moment between them that I um I love so much Hey, so Reckless Driver turned out to be a psycho killer? Failed psycho killer, thank God. She was heartbroken. Okay, her husband left her for a younger version of herself. She just... Lexi. No, you know what? I have been a total bitch to April all day because of you. You know that? What? I'm I'm gonna go. April, just stay. You worry about April, you let her have Izzy's room, you talk to her about your doctor's appointments, and I went crazy. Alex ditched me in the psych ward, Mark slept with Derek's sister, and now I find myself relating to the crazy jealous lady who drives into laundromats. April, you should go. Lexi, I had a miscarriage. April was there. That's why she knows about my doctor's appointment. And I did know that Mark slept with Amy, but I didn't think you cared. I can never tell what the hell's going on with you two. And as far as the psych ward goes, you were not alone. I sat by your bedside for 36 hours while you slept. 
You're not crazy, Lexi. You're a gray. I just, just to make I up love for the that. Fact that you don't like me. I love that moment. That's a great moment. <laughs> That's a great moment. It's a great sister moment. It it really shows Meredith's growth too as a sister that she like knows how to do that. But just like telling her like, you're a gray. <laughs> we're yeah. all kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I also do think kind of what we were talking about before that like since Lexi didn't have as many things happen to her in her yeah. life, like the shooting was kind of. Like maybe one of the more traumatic. Yes, definitely. So she's like, welcome to the club. You're great. You're traumatized. Yeah. Well, I also just, it feels like such an authentic Lexi thing for her to be like, I've been a bitch to April all day because of you. It is your <laughs> like, fault. It's your fault that I've been totally mean to April, which listen, I think anyone can be mean to April if they want. I don't like April and I've been very... I've been very clear about that and I accept the consequences. But. Yeah. I mean, I also just feel like that that's a really, if there's a nice writing moment because I actually really feel like things happen like that often where someone yes. kind of flips out and they're like, are you mad at me? And you're like, this is actually what's going on in my life. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> but yeah. now I'm telling you. Yeah. I actually never think about you. I'm always thinking about myself and it's... I'll just let you know <laughs> kind of what's up with me. Yeah. Uh, but also the acting in that moment too by... Um, Kyler Lee is like the moment that she says I had a miscarriage that day her face just is like I mean she's it, it's like everything's in there it's like yeah. embarrassment regret like I mean just she feels so bad that she like like it, she sees she's like oh of course of yeah. course that's what's been happening that's not what I thought was happening it's like real little sister energy Oh, yeah. True little sister. True energy. little Are you a little sister or a big sister? Well, so I'm a little sister, little sister to a brother half. and my uh, okay. half sister. And then I have a younger sister as well. Okay. So I'm both. You're middle. You're everything. Having an older brother is different than having. I agree. Uh, I mean, you have an older sister and an older brother, but definitely having an older brother is a different. Its own thing. Yeah. It makes you, I think. Hmm. Am I going to stand by this? I don't have an older brother, but my my read is. The having an older brother makes you more of a little sister than having an older sister does because older brothers just like all the, all the people I know who have older brothers have more of like a younger sibling trait than people who have older sisters. Because I feel like when you have an older sister, you want to be just like your sister and you start like modeling those traits. Yeah. Whereas like you have an older brother. They're like, I'm the boss. I'm the brother. I think the birth water stuff is very interesting to me. I'm always, I'm always like very, very into it because I'm, yeah. I'm the older of two. I have a younger sister who's four years younger than me. And I'm very much just like, I am the older sibling birth order wise. It all checks out. Everything tracks. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like so often siblings personalities are so in response to one another. Absolutely. And so when you have siblings that like didn't grow up knowing each other, you get these weird moments where they like don't totally know how to yeah. negotiate each other. Yeah. And they also just like grew up with different communication skills too. Where yeah. It's like, we're not both like modeling what our parents did. Right. We're like doing something different. It's truly bizarre. Um, okay. This is a clip I would have chosen so good. It's when uh, Jackson has been told that giving chocolates will make Lexi say what's up with her. And he brings her candy and she starts just like going nuts. <laughs> Uh, telling all the stuff that's been going on while eating chocolate. <laughs> There's a really weird, like, Lexi personality trait that they really lean into. It's, it's like, a, she eats so yeah. much. Yeah. Like, we got to get her 
to stop eating so much when she's stressed out. Like, lay off the chocolates, little Gray. Right. When there's like, she's like, Lexi, you can stop eating. And she's like, oh, thank God. Yes. That's she's exactly like, I've been eating donuts forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're still the most petite. It's just you're a it's, tiny, beautiful bird. Eat all of the donuts <laughs> eat in the every world. Donut you want. Yeah. Also, like, that's not how stress eating works. You're not like, I don't want to be eating, but I have to. That's <laughs> like not how that works. But really, it really drives home how much everyone on that show is. They can't. That That's accessing something that they don't relate to. Yeah, that's, like, no, it's totally fine. Um, OK, let's see. This is another a season seven moment. So bad. Candy? Screw you and your candy. She's terrible. All right. Ever notice how my sister's a jerk? I, uh... Yeah, give him your blessing. What a bunch of crap. You know, let him be happy. What about me? You know, everybody's making these huge life decisions, and they're not even considering how it'll affect me, how I'll feel. You know? I'm supposed to be such a big part of their lives, and yet they're leaving me out of the conversation completely. You know, starting up new families and springing it on me. And it's already a done deal. Now, hey, Lexi, guess what? Found a tatted up skank to be your new mommy. Hey, Lexi, I'm gonna have a baby. And you're just gonna have to be okay with that. You were saying your dad's having a baby? No, not my dad, Mark. Mark is having a baby. And he didn't even ask my opinion. He just clobbered me with it again. And he's leaving me behind again. So we're done, you know? We have to be. I miss him. My dad's tatted up skank isn't the bitch. I am. Probably a good start would be to stop calling her a tatted up skank. Agree, Jackson. Right. <laughs> good point, Jackson Avery. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. That speech. I love that speech. <laughs> it's another full monologue. Yeah, <laughs> like just a no full... one is talking back to her. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work to do by yourself to get yeah. from point A to point B. Yeah. She gets there. She does. I mean, to be fair, I really do feel like he does clobber her with yeah. the baby information, like at all times. I remember when I was first watching it, I felt like, okay, the the teenage daughter that or not teenage. I mean, maybe she was a teenager. She was like 19 or something who moved in with them. That was crazy. Like was intense, yeah. he, he wanted her to move. He wanted Lexi to move in with him so bad. And she was like, I'm a, I have us on a six year plan or like whatever it was that she said. And she was like, I'm 27 or, you know, something crazy. Like, she's like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. Like I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. And then he is like, I'm saying you could have a husband, like all these yeah. like speeches that he gives and stuff. And then, and then he invites this like ungrateful, greedy stranger into their house. And that I was like, that's really messed up. But the baby thing with Callie, 
I remember at the time when I was watching being like, I don't think that's the same thing because, but I don't think I was an adult yet. And I didn't think about what that would actually feel like. And if I found out that like my partner was going to be a father to a baby, even if that baby wasn't living with us full time, I mean, that, yeah, that would be awful. Yeah, it's just really complicated. And I feel like part of part of what was complicated about the first situation where she was like, I'm not this old yet. Like, I yeah. I am not in the same place in of life as you. Um, but weirdly, like, even though the situation of, of his daughter actually being in their house was complicated, that relationship was kind of potentially less complicated than him, like, actively raising a baby right. that isn't yours while you're together. And, like, who knows if she wanted to have children with them and what is that with him? Right. Like, what does that look like? It's just, it's not even that there's not a world where where that could go down. It was just that I never felt like his, like, he communicated that to her in, like, a way that considered her experience of it. Right. And he says something about, like, this is my shot or something like that at some point. It's like, yeah, that would really hurt my feelings. Totally. And it it also makes sense for his character because I actually, I really love the whole through line with, I think it's when with Teddy where he's like, I am worth getting to know. Like, yes. I want a baby and a thing. And, and like, I loved the self-consciousness about yeah. being like steamy. Like, that is ultimately, like, what I feel like endears me to him. So it really tracks that he's, like, having a family becomes this kind of virtuous thing that he yeah. really wants. But I just feel like for how much he loves her, the communication between the two of them is so bad for that yeah. in that moment. Um, and, yeah, and I just... Love that model. I just love her performance. Me too. Um, okay, so Anna and I talked, and initially Lexi's death was on this list, but we kind of both agreed. We both watched it, <laughs> and we just, it's too, it's too sad. It's I would too, sob, like, right now. Yeah, and I mean, like, I watched it this morning, and I sobbed. Like, it just, it's, it's not, I don't think it's worth it. You are going about your day. Some of you are driving cars. Like, I just don't <laughs> think it's a good idea. We'll discuss her death, but I just want to let you know we have, we have one last clip. It's it's right before that, but it's not the actual because it's we don't need you can do that on your own time if you yeah. really want to. We did, and it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it was it really bad. And then I watched it was really his bad. death because I'm a full masochist. Yeah, yeah, I did that too. Yeah, you got to watch it through. Yeah. Oh, okay. But this is yeah, this is the season eight when they finally got like. I don't know if I would define it as getting back together, but it's it's a it's one of Lexi's last like speeches, I guess. To Mark. Yet another monologue. Yet another monologue. But we love it. We love it. <laughs> oh. Hey. Hey. Thanks uh, for today for for letting me. Uh... You did a good job in there. Thanks. You okay? I love you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That just came flying out of my face. Like, it was just some kind of... I, I, lo- I love you. I just... I did it again. I I, 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 I love you. I, I do. I just... I, I love you. And I have been trying not to say it. I have been trying so hard to just mash it down and ignore it and not say it. And Jackson is a great guy. 
he is. He's, he's gorgeous, and, and, and he's younger than you, and he doesn't have any grandkids or, or babies with his lesbian BFFs, and he's an Avery, and, and he liked me. You know, he, he really liked me. But it was never going to work out, because I, I love you. I am so in love with you. And you're, you're, you're in me. It's, you're like, it's, it's like you're a disease. It's like I am infected by Mark Sloan. And I just can't, I can't think about anything or anybody. And I can't sleep. I can't breathe. I can't eat. And I love you. I just, I love you all, all the time. It's every minute of every day. And I, 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 I love you. You. God, that feels good just to, just to say that. I'm, I feel so much better. I'm just, I love you. Mark. Hey, Lexi. I thought you said the lobby. You ready? It's the girl that Lexi hits in the boob with a baseball. Oh, right. <laughs> I think that's the same girl. I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. The, the honestly leading up to that in eight is actually where I was spotty because I yeah. knew that she, her death was coming. Yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, there's just something about them as a couple. And you, you, they really don't start in a way that you're like, this is like the teach yeah. me, teach me stuff. You're like, that's not going to this is not going to be a lasting romance. No. <laughs> and it really is. Yeah, really is. I, I think that there's something, I think there's something really nice about a romantic moment that's also very embarrassing. Yes. Um, and I think that that's that. Like she's in public and he's not given her much back. And she's just keeps saying, like when she's just like every minute of every day, it's like, I totally know what that feels like. And it's not, like, she feels better to have said it. But when you're saying it, you're like, ah, I'm a runaway train. <laughs> yeah. And I also feel like she's like, this is not fun for me. No. Like, this is not a good time. No, it's not. But yeah, I, I love I love that scene. And it's very, very, very sad <laughs> that they're never together. I know. I know. I always I, I feel like it was like, oh, I wish they could have just moved that up and that they'd been together when they died. Like, it sucks that that wasn't. It really sucks that that wasn't yeah. possible. I think I also even saw something with with the actress that she didn't even know that that was how they were going to kill Mark. Mm. Like she didn't even, I don't even know that like, I don't know, I should, I, maybe she eventually saw it, but that she like wasn't in on that being like the full plan, which is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, she thought he, she was like giving him something for long term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. love Lexi. I know. And they're like, they're kind of complimentary and they're kind of in their comedy. Yeah. But then for some reason, you just like buy them together in a serious way. I know. I know. You, because, well, you're, they're set up in such a way that it's like, Mark, you can sleep with literally anybody. You can be with anybody. I'm asking you as your best friend, just please don't sleep with my girlfriend's little sister. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. She's very young. It would be messy. They don't get along. Like, please don't do this. Yeah. And when it happens, you you are like, that's a pretty good argument. This really, there's no reason for this to happen. But then at a certain point, it's like, yeah, they they really are 
really compatible. The chemistry is flying. The chemistry it's is flying. good. She likes the prosthetic dick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you like physically ever see her in the show? Because I revisited this and I was shocked. She hits on Derek. Yep. At the bar. Yeah. Which is so wrong. Yeah. I don't think that that had like the long-term payoff. Then, like, or the, I, the, not the long-term payoff. That's not the right word. I don't think that that like was as satisfying it as was maybe biz- the idea was. Yeah. It was really bizarre actually going back. So I was like, what was the point here? Yeah. That? She like hits on Derek in the way that like he and Meredith met before her first day of work. Yeah. And it's like maybe giving Meredith like subconscious fuel to like hate her more. I don't know. Yeah. It was really strange to me across the board. Because he's like, oh, you're the girl for the bar. And it's like, I'm the girl from the bar. What are you talking about? I'm the girl from the bar. I am the girl from the bar. Which she is. She is. Yeah. She's the OG girl from the bar. You know what scene I didn't select, but that is another Lexi scene that I really like? Mm -hmm. When she goes to look at George's file and she finds out that he just failed by one point. Oh, her whole, the whole George thing, the whole George thing is like makes sense with her character, but enraged me on all ends. Totally. I also don't like the part when she steals all the stuff from the hospital to make their apartment look nice. Oh, the whole like nesting. I'm a nester. I'm a nester. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when they, she like has... Like, you can be a nester, but there's nothing that makes it okay to put fruit in a bedpan. <laughs> like, I don't care how much of a nester you are. I, that is yucky. You actually can't do that. That's <laughs> yeah. so crazy and gross. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, the whole, the whole George thing, I think part of it is that, like, her whole romantic journey also just makes a lot of sense for me because yeah. when she first comes, everyone's really mean to her. Mm-hmm. Like every, it's it's kind of and for good reason. Like wait, like we discussed, and it's yeah. kind of like the vibe there that everyone's rough with each other. But she clearly is like very fragile. And then George is like the obvious person to then be like, so this sad guy, I'm sad. I'm gonna yeah. love this sad guy, which he and he's nice to her. He's nice to her, even though like him not returning her love is wild to me. But whatever. I know. Are you seeing the face I'm seeing? I love her. Yeah. Um, And her being like upset about George is crazy to me. Um, But then like the swing to Karev after that also really, is that next? I think. No, I think so. That also really makes sense to me. And then being like, I guess if I'm going to go for someone who's going to be mean to me, they're going to be older and really successful. I know. I, I was thinking about the George thing today and I was like that's so it was weird I didn't like it but after George dies she has this moment where she acknowledges that they grew apart and I really like that moment like it's it wasn't something it didn't make my list of scenes to pick out but she kind of has this moment where she was like I feel really guilty because I wasn't really in George's life at the end and I think I pulled away from him after he didn't reciprocate feelings towards me and we just kind of grew apart and I feel guilty like did I just did I just stop being friends with him because he didn't find me? This is the quote. He didn't find me as hot as I found him. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that kind of grinds my gears a little bit. <laughs> Fine. But, but I really like that. That also just feels very relatable. Like people do, there are friend groups at Seattle Grace and they don't really explore what it's like to be part, to change like they all kind of become one big friend group. Right. And I, I kind of felt like that was really realistic where it's like, yeah, you do like kind of grow apart from people when they don't um, fit in 
naturally into a certain role anymore. Yeah. Like, you, you know, sometimes they just don't adapt into a different role. Yeah. I mean, I did also have the thought when I was thinking about Christine and Meredith, I was like, who is Lexi's best friend? Right. It is George for a while. Yeah. Then after that, it's like, I guess you could say maybe it's in some ways it's Meredith again. Kind of. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. She's not really set up with a friend in that way. Some of them are. Yeah. She's not like, um, well, maybe this is after your time, but like Joe and Stephanie and mm. are these interns that come in and they give them like a friend group. Right. Mm. I feel like the whole stuff with her and George, too. I listened to your episode with Branson. Oh, yeah. And I was really agreed. Um, <laughs> except for when he was like, <laughs> he's getting hit by a bus was like the best thing that happened. It's like, it really made me He was laugh. saying that to be a pistol and a he pistol. was being a pistol. Oh my God, my Nana's a, a pistol. Every time I call someone a pistol, someone tells me that their grandma says yeah, that. But it's and that's fun. okay. But I do say, yeah, I do say that he there's being a, a, a pistol. pistol. <laughs> that makes me feel very tender. Um, um, yeah, but I really, with the George and Lexi stuff, I was like, even if he's not understanding that she wants to be in a relationship, she's being so nice to him and yeah. like actively trying to help him pass a test. And he like is always staring at the other side of the room. Like I doesn't know. even anyway. Um, and actually, you know what? Even though her and Mark are destined, I always enjoyed her moments with Karev, even though it was like completely wrong. Same. I thought that I thought that the most wrong relationship was probably her and Jackson. That never really fit for me. I never understood it. That then Karev, yeah, and then and then Mark's like yeah. the ultimate. Yeah, like Karev forgot he had sex with her. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a really funny bit that is unfathomable to me. But it was a very funny joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just funny because she also was like in a low spot. And then also this rude guy forgot. Forgot. There's also that one like comedic montage moment that I'm now remembering where she like is naked She's on Karev's late. bed. Yes. And she like keeps like putting the pillows and like posing. And then... Meredith walks in and she's so embarrassed and she's like, Derek what are you? In. Oh, Derek walks in. But at some point someone is like, Karev left for work already. Like, who are you waiting for? Right. I feel right. Yeah. I can. I feel like <laughs> Derek walks in and then Meredith's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Karev's and I think this work. is her blonde. This is her blind period. It's her blush. Her blush. So Yes. I was fascinated about if that was something that the actress wanted. I, I I was very curious about whose idea it was for her to go blonde. Yeah. And when I do write the oral history of Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> I will get to the I bottom will of find that. Out. <laughs> I loved it. It just to me it is so realistic. You're like, yeah, someone is going went through a breakup, is melting down. She's a pretty iconic brunette. And yeah. she's like, who is my blonde self? Yeah. And then immediately Sloan hits on her because from behind he thought that she was a different person. Someone else. Yep. You got to love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And that's Lexi Gray. Lexi Gray. There's so much to love. We just have one last thing left to do in the episode, which is a Shondalog. And, you know, a Shondalog is just, I mean, Lexi really has, she she, she has kind of like a non-traditional form that she tends to do. She... There are a lot more like speeches, yeah. like, but they're good. But yeah, maybe maybe some Alexi style shondalogs are are in the cards. Um, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Can you go first? Yes, I can. Um, okay, let's see. I'm gonna 
get my Grey's Anatomy. That's fun. I was in my playlist called Migraine Music. You'll love to see it. <laughs> it's just two different tones in each ear, one tone per ear, to help make your headache go away. I honestly recommend it. Interesting. I think it's science, but I don't know for sure. We are doctors because we do watch the show. We are yeah, doctors. Yeah, we are doctors. It's it's not just science. It's actually surgery. <laughs> okay, let's see what this is. Yeah, that'll still do. I... Oh my God. <laughs> that instrument, that came in in a way that I actually am going to change the song because I can't come back from that. Oh my God. That did you dirty. Flutes have never surprised me or shocked me in such a way. That was, that just ruined my life for a second. Wow. That song also ended up not really being right for it, but I just was like about to go into something and I was like, what? <laughs> okay, what's this? I could do this vibe. When I was a kid, my mom gave me a suitcase, which was the craziest gift because we never went anywhere. The only place we ever went was like to my grandma's house and we would just drive there. She lived 15 minutes away and I had clothes there. It was like my second house. I didn't need a suitcase. When I heard the news, and my heart fell it stayed in my closet for like I was on years. And I finally went to college and hadn't even remembered that it was back there. By then, my mom had died, and I didn't know if that's what she had in mind, but I don't know. That's what I packed up. When you told me that I could become a surgeon, that was a suitcase. And I never thanked you for it, because at the time, I never thought that I was even going to make it through high school, let alone college. But I just wanted to come back and even though you can't really hear me, just say, I packed a lot of stuff in there over the years without really knowing. And you're never going to really know how valuable that was to me, but I, I did it. So thank you. And I'm sorry I didn't get to say it to you in person. I still have the suitcase. I'm going to pass it on to someone else. And they'll put whatever they want in it, too. But I thought I would give you a little piece, as stupid as it is. And this is taking place at a gravesite, and then she puts part of, like, a physical suitcase on the gravesite. <laughs> and that's actually the whole speech. <laughs> Hmm. That was what is a suitcase? Really great. <laughs> so the suitcase in this kind of um, scenario has she's like broken off a handle or something, rendering it unusable. But it is for the um, 
the grave of a, of a teacher or some type of mentor. Mm. And the mom is also dead. Mm. So that actually tracks really well. That was incredible. <laughs> I especially liked, which was crazy because we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I'll end up saying this every episode. Maybe I won't. But truly, something happens and your eyes glaze over and you just end up doing it. And I'm nothing so is a choice. I'm so nervous. <laughs> You're going to be put on my big diaper. (laughs) Take it away. Yeah. This actually does have to be 14 hours long. (laughs) You have to pee while you do this. Okay. Let's see what this is. I love sandwiches. They're my favorite food. I love turkey sandwiches. I love avocado and I love mozzarella I love the crunchy bread I love condiments and sometimes I think to myself I should eat only sandwiches I should be on a sandwich diet and then I immediately think no no because I can never get sick of sandwiches and if I'm being honest with myself I love you but I can never get sick of you and I don't want to be on a diet of you. I love sandwiches, but I am never going to eat only sandwiches. And that is why I do not date my friends. I do never want to get sick of them. I love sandwiches, but I'm not going to date them. I just can't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that was guys <laughs> that was exactly right that is from the Shondaverse <laughs> I, yeah I mean I love I love sandwiches and I can never get sick of them and I never want to get sick of you that is that was perfect thank you oh my gosh thank you thank you so much thank you for having me oh thank you for coming and talking about Lexi Gray um I mean so <laughs> You're like a real person with a real career, which is not a knock on previous guests at all. But, you know, we all live online and you make things for the screen. So where can people find you? I guess theoretically you could look at my Instagram or my Twitter, though my Twitter is mostly me retweeting things that Nicole writes, (laughs) I think, (laughs) are funny and smart. Um, But yeah, it just my Instagram is my name, Anna Bershnikov, and so is my Twitter. Great. And then, yeah, Dickinson is coming out in the fall. Dickinson's coming out in the fall. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And former guest Iowa Debris is writing for this yes. second season coming up, which yes. you're going to start filming soon. I'm so excited. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to Nicole's Grace Anatomy. You can always uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can also write reviews and stuff, too, if you want. I want you to, but this is your life and and. This is your sandwich. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.